We started on our journey together with a paranormal investigation at Eloise Asylum. We left the asylum eager to learn the truth. We bought our own equipment and decided to document our findings. And we're here to share them with you. I'm Melissa. I'm Mandy. Welcome to our paranormal experience. Welcome back, everyone. Me and Mandy are here today to tell you guys some stuff about Bigfoot, just like we promised. I'm excited. Mandy loves Bigfoot. I want to meet him. We actually went to a paranormal convention not that long ago, and she got to have her picture taken with Bigfoot. It was, what was his name? Bodine. Bodine the Bigfoot. But he wasn't that big. He wasn't much taller than me, and I'm sure. But it's okay. He was wearing some overalls, and they were like shorts. It was funny. Yeah, he was like a hillbilly Bigfoot. So my goal, I had set out to actually find some history on Bigfoot. And I looked into sightings in our area. But I wasn't able to find really any information on like theories of how Bigfoot originated. And that was something I was really interested in. So I was really disappointed A while ago, and I don't even know what podcast this was, I was just listening to a podcast on Bigfoot. My little boy loves Bigfoot. You know, sometimes we do that. And they actually said that it is a theory that Bigfoot was created by like a gorilla mating with a human. That's a little far-fetched. Like, I don't know, but like I would imagine it to be more of a some type of like caveman or Neanderthal that Really, the missing link. I mean, yes, and everyone yes, yes, knows yes. that theory. You know, that is a very, very well-known theory. But I just assumed that there were probably multiple far-fetched ones out there. And that stuff's always interesting. I wanted to find it. But I honestly really couldn't. And I was disappointed. But I did find some other stuff that I thought was really interesting. Like, according to History.com, how the legend of Bigfoot began A man, a journalist, named Andrew Genzoli, decided to write a fun article about a letter that had come from loggers in North California. They had discovered very large footprints. They joked that maybe we had a relative of the abominable snowman. But people took a huge interest in this fun written story and... That is how the name Bigfoot came about. Apparently, Sasquatch was what our neighbors in Canada had called Bigfoot. And people took it so seriously that in 1976, the Academy of Applied Sciences in Boston decided to finance a Bigfoot hunt. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but Peter Byrne was the head of the Bigfoot Information Center. I didn't know there was such a thing. There was an actual Bigfoot Information Center. They claimed that they received an average of four Bigfoot reports a year. They often found footprints near the sightings and made casts of them. They were usually 14 to 17 inches long. Wow, that is big. 
I'm just assuming that these Bigfoot prints, I mean, people believe that they were created, right? Like that people had some sort of. Like a fake. Yeah, like a fake foot. Something that they were to walking. make the prints. Yes. Yeah. And he did claim, this Peter Byrne did claim that the reports that came in were often from individuals known to be credible. He 100% believed in Bigfoot. He felt that if he had the proper funding, it would only take him two years to find Bigfoot. So I'm guessing he didn't have the proper funding. I don't know if he ever got the funding that he felt was sufficient for that, but I don't think he ever found Bigfoot. I don't think he did either. Hopefully he's still looking. I hope so. Peter believes that Bigfoot came across the Bering Strait from Asia. According to Live Science, it was as early as 1884 that the British colonist newspaper in Victoria, Canada, published an account of a gorilla-type creature that was captured. It seems that the creature was put on a ship to England, but never arrived. It makes you think, like, did they really capture something and then it did make it to England and they said it didn't because they didn't want people to really find out about it? Or did they lie and it really wasn't there? I don't know. Why would why would anybody not want people to find out about Bigfoot? If I saw Bigfoot, I wouldn't tell a whole lot of people because I do think it reminds me of like the movie Harry and the Hendersons. People would just want to kill it or study it or hurt it or lock it up. And it was until like the Harry and the Hendersons era, people really looked at Bigfoot like a horrible monster. He was going to steal your wife. He was going to kill your children and eat them. He was going to, like, ruin your crops. And then hearing the Hendersons came out and it made people look at Bigfoot differently. Like, oh, he might be kind of human, you know? Well, I'm happy to say that it did not take that movie for me to think of Bigfoot as... he He's not a villain. I never thought of him as a villain. He's misunderstood. Yeah, I mean, if anything, he's just an animalistic creature in the wilderness trying to survive. Right. So here's some Bigfoot facts that... Bigfoots don't always smell, but when they do, they smell like rotten flesh, poop, old vomit, outhouse, rotted fish, and rotten eggs. Pleasant. So do you think he emits that smell like from his skin, or do you think that it's like poop and like, like he's just gross that dirty. food and his well it might get stuck in his fur? Right. It's like matted. Imagine if you did find a Bigfoot and you had to care for it and you had to, like, shave the poop out of its butt. <laughs> Sorry. Because, I mean, you wouldn't want it to, like, stink up your house like that, right? Like, you know, you'd have to groom him. Um, he would need a bath. Yeah. Nice long bubble bath. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the hair in the tub? Oh, gross. <laughs> I don't know. It could be just like a skunk has, right? Like, he just emanates this smell when he feels danger. Maybe, or it's a, like, stay away from me kind of smell. Bigfoot sounds include ape-like grunts and growls, and they go all the way to a scream. I've heard people, like, I've heard stories that some people say that it can sound like a woman screaming. 
Yeah, I've heard that too. So I guess I've also heard that about a bobcat, though. Yeah, I have heard that too. <laughs> Some Native American beliefs about the creature can be pretty paranormal. One is that Bigfoot can transform into a wolf. I don't know if it's just like on a full moon and he's like a werewolf or if it's just like a transformation he can do all the time. They also believe that Bigfoot may live in a separate dimension with the ability to just cross over whenever he pleases. That would make sense why they don't ever find a body. Because he disappears. They also believe that Bigfoot can choose who he is visible to. Like in a group of people, one or two people may see him out of the entire group. And that he can appear or disappear at will. I wish I was the chosen one. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Because of these things, there's a belief that Bigfoot may not be a physical creature, but instead a spiritual creature. That definitely would at least answer the questions on why... Not everybody sees him, why he's never been caught, while you, you can't get a good picture of him, just like you can't get a good picture of a ghost most of the time. It's like the chosen ones see him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, traditionally, Bigfoots throw rocks at homes, at cabins. Researchers will often have rocks thrown at their cars, which I thought was kind of interesting. It is. You know, when I read before about the rocks... They were small rocks, like pebbles, and it wasn't to harm people. It was to get their attention. You know, I got to stick up for him and right. not make him be bullying people by throwing rocks. Right. <laughs> Bigfoot was actually seen in the United States as early as the 16th century. Now, of course, we have to talk about the picture. The- it's actually a video. Right. That short shaky video because it was taken on horseback right i believe so yeah but people have cleaned it up they've slowed it down it's the patterson footage this did not go over well with their community i I think that they really wished that probably that they had not told anybody i mean i don't know about now but like at the time i mean they people gave them a really hard time over getting this footage everybody seemed to really think it was faked But that footage has never actually been debunked. Which I do find interesting after all this time that nobody's debunked it. Yeah. And I mean, they've really slowed it down. They've really cleaned it up. And to me, it only makes it look more real. You can see muscle definition, breasts. It looks like a female. Some people say that it could have been a costume. And I do feel like the fact that it had breasts, you don't really find costumes that have right. breasts, I mean, right? Like, even if it was an ape... Not, not costumes like that, anyway. No, like, even if it was, you know, an ape costume or, or something like that, it's not usually anatomically correct. I found this really interesting website. It's, like, storymaps.arcgis.com, but it's Native Americans and Sasquatch. This... Looks like a really well put together website. I don't really know how credible it is. It it looks credible. I mean, this person looks like they've put a lot of thought into their website and what they've presented. I mean, there's maps of Bigfoot sightings. There's There's a lot of information on this website. One thing that I thought was really interesting 
was they listed different types of Bigfoots based on Native American lore. I'm excited to hear about this. If there's anything that I can guarantee you, it will be that I will botch these names. The first one probably being the worst. It is T-S-U-L-K-A-L-U. I'm going to say it Sol Kalu, which goes by many different names, but translates to slanted-eyed giant or sloped giant. It's also known by its common name, the Cherokee Devil. In Cherokee folklore, the Tsul Kalu is known as one of the greatest hunters in the forest. It's said to have mind-controlling abilities, and if you make eye contact with the creature, you'll never be the same again. And in some more severe cases, you'll never be heard from again. The Cherokee Devil is not seen or not visible due to lack of trust and a broken deal between himself and a surrounding tribe member. The next type of Bigfoot that we have is the Yahoo. The Yahoo is from West Virginia. People in the area actually heard a distinctive Yahoo-like scream, and that's how it got its name. Yahoo reminds me of how a hillbilly would Yahoo. scream. Yeah, right. And I just want that against anybody from West Virginia. I don't mean anything no, bad like that, not. but doesn't it sound like something that... It does. Like, you would hear in a commercial or something that would be... Oh, is it the... I mean, we can't say that on, on here. Remember the... There's a, there's, there's a commercial that says Yahoo. What is that for? Is it for Yahoo? Is it like the search engine? I don't know. Or is it the I chocolate milk? It, though. Maybe it is the chocolate milk. I bet it is the chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> but it was said to use the, the yells as a method of communication amongst family units, Bigfoot family units. And to warn others of danger and whatnot. The Shawnee Indians apparently were very familiar with this type of Bigfoot. And Daniel Boone claimed to kill one. What if his hat wasn't raccoon? Oh my god, it was Bigfoot fur. (laughs) Ooh, and then there is my favorite one. My favorite. The Raven Mocker. Now, this does not look anything like a Bigfoot. It has, it's it's just an amazing picture. It's got like a skull for a face and it's got like these big wings. It almost looks like something you would see like flaming in the sky or like a Pokemon. Like some kind of crazy Pokemon It does look like a Pokemon, yeah. It is really, it's got really long fingers and claws. It's really sweet. So its wings have these really huge just feathers. It's it's beautiful. Dark, but beautiful. <laughs> the raven mocker was said to be a shape shifter and was an actual like medicine man. A shape shifting medicine man. It could transform into anything. And it would transform into Bigfoot and into humans. That's interesting. It is a very interesting piece of this lore. <laughs> I like the name. Ravenmacher. It is really cool. Another type of Bigfoot is the Ohio Grassman. And this is the largest type of Bigfoot. 
usually about eight foot tall and weighing over 600 pounds. So they're said to have a foul mood and a foul odor, kind of like the skunk ape of Florida. I don't know what the skunk ape smells like, but... Skunk? You would think. It is the most aggressive member of the Bigfoot family and has no fear of humans. It apparently will approach homesteads and camps. The majority of the reported sightings have occurred since the 1970s, after a family was reportedly attacked by a bipedal creature. My family would kill me, so I'm not going to get into this within details, but a lot of my family is from Ohio, so we're talking about the Ohio Bigfoot, and there are some very credible people that they won't even admit to most people that they saw something and they don't even call it a Bigfoot because they don't want to be viewed as crazy. But they definitely in the late 70s, early 80s, and I was young, but I do remember it, saw something that was Bigfoot-like. It did come up to their houses. It did throw stones and it did make noises and at one time there was some thumping on the house like somebody was hitting the house those are all things that bigfoots are said to do what i find interesting is that all of these things they say happened was before i ever read any books about bigfoot because you were young i was young so it's not like i you know read an article and then in my head somehow made up the story. It was when I read those articles and those books that I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the stories that my family had talked about. So I think that's why I'm really partial to Bigfoot because I do believe my family and we don't know what it is. They don't know what it is and they would kill me for even saying anything. They better be careful because that Ohio grass man, he is supposed to be the most aggressive member of the Bigfoot family. So <laughs> you should let them know. Look out. They better watch out. The next one is the Stonish Giant or Stone Men. They are key parts of the Iroquois folklore and they were large creatures that used stones in battle. They also have a stone-like appearance. They have the ability to uproot a tree and use it as a weapon. Oh my gosh. Which, that sounds like a video game or something. I need more information. Like, how big is this tree? Right. I mean, some trees, sure, you would think an 800-pound or a 600-pound, 8-foot-tall creature could possibly pull up. Like, I have a small tree in my front yard. I mean, when you hear that, you picture very large trees. Do you right. not? Like I did. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the stonish appearance was because they were continuously rolling in mud and sand to build layers of natural armor. Oh, my god! Now, gosh. how does anyone know this? Like, we can't even get a decent picture of Bigfoot. Who knows this? I mean, I know this is like Native American lore, but. Right. But that would like dried specific dried caked mud could look very stone like and it would also protect you. It would. And it was specifically against weapons at the time like arrows. And you would think I mean, those arrows, although deadly, were not like the arrowheads we have today. Right. So I mean, definitely. I mean, you would think it would still penetrate. They would have to have a lot of layers of mud, but it would at least slow it down, you know. 
That's true. The next one is called the Dust Man or Dust Man. And it's a Bigfoot mostly seen in Pennsylvania. It's known for being one of the fastest Bigfoot and is fast enough to catch a white-tailed deer running at full speed. Oh, wow. That's fast. But the Dustman was originally seen by Native American tribes in the region and later by European settlers. Parents would tell stories of the Dustman to scare their children to staying close to home. That is kind of interesting. I it wonder is. if I would have stayed close to home if my mom would have told me. I would have went looking for him. <laughs> I probably would have too. He wouldn't have worked for us. Yeah, we would have gotten kidnapped. The article that I got that information from, Native Americans and Sasquatch, by Michael Benton II, was written on May 16, 2021, and it'll be in our show notes. You should check it out. It's a really interesting article. There's so much more that I didn't say. He's been interested his whole life in Native American mythology and history, and he's just really gotten into cryptozoology. It's a very interesting article. And like I said, it'll be in our show notes. So Mandy, you were looking for sightings specifically in our area, right? Like Michigan, Ohio. I looked for Michigan specifically. Okay. I was surprised to learn that Michigan is number 16 in Bigfoot sightings. Wow. It ranks number 16. Yeah, I had no idea that we had that many Bigfoot sightings. No, I did see like in my research that we had had kind of a lot in the last like three years. Yes, a lot of the articles I found were pretty recent. So I tried to dig back and look at some older ones. I find them more interesting. The first article that I want to talk about is from 2016. It's from Click on Detroit. It's Man Claims to Encounter Bigfoot While Camping in Michigan. So in 2016, there were two men camping in the wilderness, and they claimed to have encountered a Bigfoot. They actually have a quote that I want to read. This is their story in their words. Never really was big in the Bigfoot scene until last month out in the middle of the woods in Waterloo Pinckney for some small game backpacking trip with my buddy. Got there last night around 11.30 p.m., We set up our camp by about 12.30. Around 2 a.m., we wake up and my buddy mentions to me about how cold it was. We hear footsteps around 20 to 25 feet away from us. We both are just laying still at this point just to hear what's with us. The most loud, freakiest, inhuman yell, scream, roar is shouted towards us twice before it took off fast from us with heavy two-footed running. The only remotely close animal I've heard make this sound are mountain lions and cougars. The way it was running sounded two-footed as opposed to a four-legged gallop, and the sound of it crashing through the woods made us realize it was big. We joked about it being a Bigfoot. Then we saw how much he's seen in these parts of Michigan. We think it must have seen us in the dark. We moved into the car for the night after this. And a little bit of background he puts, both my friend and I are marine reserves and have been raised to be very avid outdoorsmen. My father and I are into bushcrafting and backpacking. My mom is into car camping and my friends and parents are avid hunters, backpackers, and his mom was DNR. We're no strangers to the woods and wildlife 
and have experienced a lot of nature with different animals and sounds that are part of our natural habitat in Michigan. This is unlike anything either of us have heard. Now, Melissa, I know both of us have been in that area before. I've been in that area a lot. I have too. Andy and I have gone fishing there a lot. So it's kind of interesting. I thought it was interesting that it was a sighting where I've actually been. Right. Like, I go to the beach out there. I do think that it's interesting, too, I mean, that he does describe the yell to be like a cougar or a mountain lion, which is kind of what we were saying earlier, right? Do you feel like you you can tell when something's running on two or four feet? I think you can, too. I mean, I'm not a hunter, but I feel like I could pick that up just from hearing, you know, you know how your dog or your cat sounds yeah. running. It's different when you hear your child running. So in that article, someone had made a comment in the thread suggesting that it was a cougar, but the user commented um, and said that it was definitely running on two feet, and here's their response. I'd say that it was running fairly quickly because it was screaming as it was moving, and the screams moved pretty quickly as well as the sound of its foot impacting the ground, which also sounded like longer strides as the impact wasn't very close together. Probably about the strides I'd take, maybe slightly longer, and I'm six foot two. As for where the screams were when we heard them, I couldn't tell you if they were high or low. They weren't ground level, but between five to seven feet above the ground. I couldn't give you the specifics. It was so incredibly loud that it just filled the forest. So I think the fact that if he heard it five to seven feet above the ground would indicate that it wasn't a cougar. And then they moved to the car to sleep, and I would have left the area. (laughs) Like, I would have stayed in the area to be awake, but to go to sleep, I don't know. I would want to leave the area to go to sleep. I would want to stay in the car and look for Bigfoot all night. Yeah, if you were to stay awake and look for Bigfoot. I wouldn't want to sleep. I would want to see him. This is from www.iosco, like Oscoda news.com and this is an article titled bigfoot researcher relates info and stories about mythical beasts a west branch michigan bigfoot expert named philip shaw's theory states that the first beings traveled from china and came to north america via the land bridge that's what we were saying earlier exactly the The Bering Strait, right? That's what we were saying earlier. Okay, so Shaw says many Bigfoot sightings are dismissed as being bears. When Shaw was questioned on why there isn't proof or more sightings, he said, quote, It's a matter of focus. Most don't believe in Bigfoot, and when they're out hunting, hiking, camping, or riding an ATV, they're so focused on where they are going that even if a member of the Bigfoot family was standing six feet off the path, they wouldn't notice. It's unlikely Bigfoot would make his or her presence known. If you don't believe, you won't be looking. And if you're not looking, you won't find him. End quote. I like that quote. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I feel like that's how I operate like every day. I do too. I think it, you know, if you think about how animals camouflage themselves into their surroundings. Right. You know? There's so many animals and things that I've come upon that are literally right next to me and I don't see it until I'm right on top of it or if it moves. Right. You know? Yeah, that's happened to me a lot of times. Yeah. 
This article was from 2018, but it stated that in the last 11 years, 90 incidents have been reported, with the largest number between West Branch slash Rifle River area and the others in Mio, Hale, and Foot Dam. Other areas are around the Sheboygan slash Black River, Traverse City area, and the western portion of the UP. The next article is from www.wzzm13.com. It's called Sasquatch Sightings, Many Happening in Michigan Thanks to Man's Encounter. In February of 1968, Chris Ketchum, who was just 15 years old at the time, lived in Mason, Michigan. It's located about 15 miles south of Lansing. He was taking care of horses for his neighbor when he saw a strange creature crossing M36. He walked to the road and saw a huge footprint. He saw more on the other side of the road leading to the woods. He says the footprints were about 15 inches long. Ketchum never forgot that experience. I don't know what I would do if I saw a 15-inch long footprint. Right. Because, like, it's not a 15-inch shoe print, which would just indicate somebody with a big foot, right? Right. This is a bare foot. Not bare as the animal, but naked foot, right? Right. (laughs) So now we have some sightings by city. And these sightings come from www.michiganbigfoot.org. And it is the Michigan Bigfoot Information Center. In the summer of 1973, in Bay City, Michigan, two men saw a huge hair-covered creature in the woods while camping near Saginaw Bay. In June of 1964, in Cass County, Michigan, the monster of Sister Lakes was seen. It had been seen off and on for two years prior. Woman in Dewey Lake reported a thing nine feet tall and weighing 500 pounds. She reported that it chased her into her house at night. It was covered with black hair up to its neck, and its eyes were reflecting. Police reported to have found barefoot human-like footprints six inches wide. This is when the Dewey Lake monster gained fame. The creature had been known to locals several years prior to 1964, and it was rumored to live on the 15-mile stretch of swampland from Dwajiak to Sister Lakes to Decatur. This resulted in a flood of monster hunters coming to the city to try to catch a glimpse. The monster was never captured or photographed, but footprints were found and plaster casts created. So the next one is in 1951 in Charlotte, Michigan, reports of a strange monster in a swamp just west of town. One man decided it must be a gorilla because it stood on two feet, seen on six or seven occasions by many different people. The area is now called Gorilla Swamp. I would love to go to Gorilla Swamp. Gorilla Swamp just sounds cool. The next is Clare County in June of 1977. A young couple interviewed by longtime Bigfoot investigator Wayne King of Carroll, Michigan, reported that during the evening they saw three creatures, which they estimated to weigh 300 to 500 pounds, run across U.S. 27 
taking tremendous strides. Wouldn't that be so crazy? And like, what if you hit one? My God. I mean, just look at the damage deer will do. I mean, Harry and the Hendersons. I know. Right. But can you imagine like your insurance claim? Oh, yeah. They would deny it. They would. You would have to lie. (laughs) To say say you hit a tree. (laughs) In Gladwin County on October 26th, 1891, and this is from the Colfax Washington Commoner, it was said that an untamed giant seven feet tall was seen in Gladwin County. The person's summary, two people saw near the Titabawasi River a nude, haired-covered, wild man, a giant in proportions, arms reaching below his knees, hands twice the usual size. It killed a bulldog with one swipe and took jumps measured at 20 feet. I feel like That's the person... the story. It is. I was going to say, I feel like the person that reported that was... Their imagination was very active, very descriptive. (laughs) A person that is referenced as NK submitted a story on Tuesday, August 17th, 1999. This looks to be something that was submitted to the Bigfoot Research Organization investigators. The date of the occurrence was around September of 1983 in Kent County, Michigan. What they observed... They can't really remember the exact date. They think that it was around September. Um, They were walking home from their friend's house in Lowell, Michigan. They were on a gravel road that parallels with M22. They felt something was watching them and thought they heard footsteps. They stopped walking and heard nothing. So they started walking again and stopped. Again, they heard nothing. They took one step and stopped very fast, and heard a footstep, then another. They looked to their left rear and saw a really big humanoid shape. It appeared to be hairy. They thought perhaps they were seeing things. So they just stared at it. And finally, it moved. The person described themselves as being very scared. They ran about three miles the other strange thing that they claim was that there was this small house with hound dogs. The dogs sounded like they were going crazy, and they made it to a lit part of the road where they finally stopped running. A police officer stopped them and asked if they found her, to which they replied, Who? He said there was a 13 year old girl missing from the area. The person doesn't know if they ever found the 13 year old girl. There was also an 80-year-old woman who walked into the woods from a nursing home and was never seen again. But the person doesn't know if this incident is related or not, but they are still freaked out about it to this day. So the next comes from Macosta County, September 2nd and 3rd, 1977. A man named Gordon Charles reported in the Traverse City Record Eagle that near Berrytown, tracks were found which were 16 and a half inches long and 9 and a half inches wide, had a 5-foot stride, and sank to four times the depth of men's prints. 9 and a half inches wide. I feel like these sightings that's, are getting a little bit... That's like more than half of the length. Yeah, it's almost like... That's a weird foot. 
It is a really weird foot. The next is from Midland County on Coleman Road, approximately six miles north of M20. That's very specific. It is very specific. On November 15, 1997, while driving north around 6.45 p.m., witness saw a creature coming out of the ditch. Hair on the arms and head, approximately 8 inches hanging down in its face. The creature was facing forward, then its head turned and looked in the direction of the witness from about 10 feet away. They said the face was flat and ape-like. That's almost the first report that I've ever heard of hair hanging down in their face. I always feel like I imagine face like more like a monkey or an ape where they don't have a lot of hair on their actual right. face. I will say that on that website that I was talking about earlier, where we had read the different types of Bigfoots, some did have longer hair than others. Oh, okay. Like is it, there were pictures of what they were, they supposedly looked some definitely had longer hair they definitely looked like different versions of bigfoot for sure interesting the next comes from monroe county on the evening of august 13th 1965 rumors of something big black and terrifying came from a 17 year old driver whose car had stalled as it brushed past the creature the driver's mother in the car saw a huge hairy hand and the girl's face was slammed against the doorpost, knocking the girl unconscious. That was covered by the Detroit News and by True Magazine in June 1966. This, I do remember we talked about this. We did. This prompted a variety of people going down to Monroe County and attempting to see Bigfoot. People started Bigfoot hunting like crazy, and they eventually did find a discarded costume in the woods. Either this or the events that came after, there there was a hoax involved. Okay, so either this story is a hoax or somebody was copycatting. Correct. Gotcha. I think it's funny the part where it says brushed past the creature. Does that mean she almost hit it or kind of hit it? Yeah, just like... <laughs> rolled him like his fur his fur was yeah. pressed in yeah. but he wasn't injured <laughs> and in northern michigan 1915 to 1920 two hunters in northern michigan saw a thing resembling a human giant with long arms and short light hair covering most of its body so that's a different description it is do you think the light hair could be an older bigfoot does its hair turn gray Ooh, maybe or is it because this is northern michigan but it's not specific so maybe it would be white to blend in with the, the snow. snow like the abominable snowman right. like a yeti i mean northern michigan especially up in the upper peninsula is very very snowy in the winter so but it's also hot in the summer you would think that they would yeah i, don't know, I mean it doesn't hibernate. it doesn't say what time of year i mean it who knows yeah, when it when it was first described, what I pictured was the lightness in a raccoon's hair. Oh, like the grayish? How it's got that. There's always that blondness like in a raccoon. I mean, but who knows? They're not very specific. They are specific, but not. <laughs> we need to know more. <laughs> more than just light hair. The next is Oscoda County near the town limits of Mayo. In 1991 or 92, two teenage boys were walking in a wooded area near the Osabo River at dusk 
While in a cleared area under power lines, they observed very large, hairy-covered legs in a pine thicket, with the rest of the creature hidden by pine branches. As they ran away through the cleared area under the power lines, they heard the creature running parallel to them through covering vegetation. At one point, they stopped and stood back to back and shined flashlights around. The younger boy then saw the face of the creature. Do you think it was taking a nap? Like, why were its legs just sticking out? I picture, like, a berry patch. Maybe it was, like, just laying back there eating berries or something. I don't know. You do watch those Bigfoot shows, and they do talk about, like, the Bigfoot nests, you know? There's a second story from Oscoda County, um, several miles northwest of Mayo. In 1992 or 93, a couple living in a remote wooded area heard their dogs barking at night. The husband went out with a small caliber pistol and observed reflecting eyes looking in his direction through a Y-shaped crotch in a small tree about 20 yards away. The creature left. The Y-branching of the tree trunk started about 7 feet above the ground. Earlier in the day, horses in a corral had been agitated by an unknown cause. Previously, Bigfoot-type tracks had been seen in the snow in a valley short distance from the house. Witness provided investigators with approximately seven hair strands that he had found in his barbed wire fence. Normally, docile dog of one of the investigators later reacted aggressively as soon as an envelope containing the hair was opened. I did read that Peter that ran the Bigfoot Investigation Center did get the FBI actually to test a few hairs he had collected. Mm -hmm. He sent the hairs in like the 70s or early 80s. And he thought that the FBI forgot about them because I guess usually they don't do stuff like that. They don't test stuff like that. But in this case, they did. And he got the results in 2019. Oh, wow. What did they say? It was deer hair. <laughs> but like why did the fbi not give the results i felt like that to was... this man until 2019 and then they said they were deer hairs so like people think that that's a little bit strange right i don't know why the fbi would hide evidence of there being bigfoot because honestly at this point they're putting out evidence of ufos you know they're they're being like more honest i think with people i don't know why they would hide evidence of an animal who knows i mean Really, who knows? I do think it's funny that it was deer hair because I feel like that would be a pretty common thing to find in the woods. And I feel like that would be easy to distinguish. Maybe it was white. Maybe it was an albino deer. I mean, the it didn't really have white patches. They do have white patches, right? In 1937, on the banks of the Saginaw River, a man-like monster was seen climbing up the riverbank, leaning on a tree... And then he just returned to the river. He's taken a bath, dried off. Maybe he swims really well. In 1993 or 1994, there was a sighting in Sanilac County, approximately seven miles west of Marlette. A series of incidents were reported by a woman living by herself on a farm and by friends visiting her. Incidents included sightings, footprints of an apparent juvenile Bigfoot, and in one case... Witnessed by two people, the woman accidentally bumped into a Bigfoot in the dark. Oh, my God. <laughs> and was picked up by it and dropped on the ground. She became dazed and unconscious for a short time. 
Three creatures were then seen leaving the scene through a field of tall corn. That's nuts. Imagine just bumping into a Bigfoot and he just picked you up and dropped you. You know, I always have to defend Bigfoot, right? Like I always do. He was startled. He was probably startled. And, you know, maybe he picked her up to, like, keep her from falling and then freaked out when he saw, oh, my gosh, it's a human. human. And he dropped her. Who knows? In St. Clair County in 1988, sometime in September, November, in a section of the Port Huron State Game Area, three persons were camping and deer hunting in a thicket of woods, and they heard sounds of walking and a piercing scream. They believed they were being circled and stopped within about 20 yards. Another loud high-pitched scream was followed by a tree falling. A large creature was then heard crashing through the nearby underbrush as it ran away at high speed, making audible footfalls. A tree six to eight inches thick was found snapped about eight and a half feet up. Later that night, a large shadowy form was seen 10 to 15 yards beyond the firelight. I would either be looking for Bigfoot or I would be gone. I feel like this goes back to what you said earlier with uh, him ripping up trees to use his weapons. Because it was eight and a half feet up. He could have broken it off and was going to use it as a weapon. It is suspected that Bigfoots make nests and they sort of break the tree and split it into a Y shape or find a tree that has branches already in a Y shape. And what they do is they prop up other large tree pieces, I would say sticks, but they're just way bigger than that, onto the Y and cover it with brush and leaves and foresty type items to kind of make it enclosed. So that's a possibility as well. I want to find the nest. That's why nobody sees them. They're in their nests. So when they did see this creature, it had black hair or fur and yellowish reflecting eyes, and it was seen crouched over in a squatting position and used its hands to steady itself. So were you surprised at all of the Bigfoot sightings in Michigan? I am, and not very many of them. I mean, you did do a couple in the 2000s, but you didn't really do any from the last couple of years, and that shocked me because when I was looking up sightings, all I was finding was stuff from the last few mm-hmm. years. There was just so many of them. I mean, there's some great video that people have of a creature crossing the river and things like that just in the last few years. Right. I did notice as we were reading the ones from Michigan, it seemed like a lot of sightings were between 1992 and 1994. Oh, I did not notice that. Yeah. So I, that's interesting. I don't know. If it makes it more credible or... Yeah, or maybe people one person just, sees it yeah, and then and everybody sees everybody that. Sees it, yeah, right. That's interesting. I hope that you enjoyed our episode on Bigfoot. Me and Mandy will be back soon. We have a few paranormal tours coming up. We are going to the Whitney and the Stimson Hospital in Eaton Rapids, Michigan. We are also planning on doing an episode on the movie Haunting in Connecticut. I'm really interested to hear the real story behind that. Yes, I am too. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.